Hello, and welcome to the Royal Tribe Church Podcast. We are a church poised with the vision of enabling individuals to discover their identity in Christ through sound biblical teaching. The sermon you're about to listen to is part of a sermon series titled Run to the Raw by Uche Ojuku. Isaiah 43.2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Be blessed as you listen. Uh, Last week, we started a series, One to the Raw. And we looked at the lion ahead. You know, we looked at how God places uh, a lion in front of us um, and he doesn't expect us to run away from it. He expects us to run to it. He expects us to run through it because when you run to the roar, that is often where your promotion lies. That's often where your advancement lies. That's often where your breakthrough lies. God doesn't raise babies. God raises giants. God doesn't want to uh, baby feed you with milk for the rest of your spiritual journey. You know, at some point, he wants you to start handling um, hard meat. He wants you to start being, he wants you to be able to chew on bones. Um, and he wants to develop you and build you up. And I believe this year, that's a year, that's our year of soaring. God really wants to take us to a brand new level in Jesus' name. We read from 2 Samuel 23. That's where we took our anchor scripture from. 2 Samuel chapter 23. And it says in verse 22 it says in from verse 21 it says talking about Benaiah he said Benaiah struck down a huge Egyptian although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand Benaiah went against him with a club he snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear verse 20 of 2nd Samuel 23 verse 20 says Benaiah son of Jehuada a valiant fighter from Kabzil performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. It takes some courage. It definitely takes a lot of heart um, to see a lion roar at you. Uh, but instead of go the other way, you run to the lion and run to the roar chase it down into a pit not stop there but also kill it as well and we're looking at that in the different ways God helps us in our lives and in our situations Um, what God expects for us when we face challenges that are like lions in our lives and we started looking at the lion ahead last week and today we want to take that further Because I believe that there is a way Benaiah would have seen himself for him to think that it was possible for him to chase a lion. There's a mentality that he must have had for him to say to himself, hold on a second, I'm gonna, this lion just roared at me. There's a lion in front of me that just roared at me. I'm gonna go and chase the lion. That's a mentality he had. There's a mentality that he must have it wasn't just something that was sudden. When he woke up that morning, I'm sure he never knew he was going to meet a lion. But as the lion stayed ahead of him, he went against it. So today we're looking at a subject that I titled, 
mirror, mirror on the wall. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for our amazing time in your presence. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because you're going to speak to people today. You're going to touch hearts. Thank you, because you're going to do what you do best, Lord, which is just healing hearts, saving souls. We worship and bless your holy name. Give you the praise and the adoration. Thank you for the testimonies that are going to abound from today's service. Thank you for the things you've already started doing in the hearts of many who are connected. May your name be glorified in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You see, growing up, one of my biggest mentors and one of um, the, the one person in my life I always wanted to be like was my dad. I loved the way he walked. I loved the way he talked. I loved the way he handled his career. I loved the way he handled his spiritual life. I loved the way he handled his prayer life. I loved the way he handled literally every single thing around him. I loved the way he handled his relationship. I loved the way he handled his decision making. All through growing up as a child, all I wanted to be was just to be like him. Many times I'll say to God that if I could just live a life just as he has, I would have accomplished everything got to the point where I began to call myself his name and I picked up his English name which is Michael and all through school I would then tell people that my name is Michael and certain people who are with me through that phase of my life oftentimes only knew me as Michael they called me Michael they referred to me as Michael I was proud when they called me Michael because I said, yes, now I would surely be as my dad. But you see, what I didn't put into consideration was when they wrote your report card, they would put your name on it. But you see, my family never knew anybody who was Michael. The only Michael in my family was my dad. So writing Michael on my report card was not for anyone in the house. And so... My teacher later found out that, hold on a second. Your name is not really Michael, is it? You've been telling us and pretending to be someone else. You've given yourself a certain name that is not on your birth certificate. Your parents don't even know you as that name. And I told him, I said, yeah, but you know, people change their name all the time. That's the name I want to be called. That's the name that I like being called. Obviously, he didn't know the backstory, meaning that there was someone behind that name that I really wanted to be like, and that was why I picked the name. But then he looked at me and he said, you see, the thing about names is it's only the person who gives you life that can really give you a name. Doesn't matter what other people call you. It doesn't matter what you may even call yourself. What truly defines you, what truly defines your name, what truly defines what you call yourself, if you really want to know who you are or how to refer to yourself as, you need to go speak to the person who gave you life. In that scenario, that person were my parents. They gave me a name. Doesn't matter what everyone calls you. Doesn't even matter what you call yourself. It's only the one who gave you life that has the authority to identify you. So today, my assignment here is simple. I just come for someone and I've just come to say to someone that it doesn't matter what other people have called you. 
It doesn't matter what you've even called yourself. Some other people may have named you. Some others may have named you by your circumstances. Some others may have named you by the difficulty that you faced. Some others may have named you and defined you by some other name. But they didn't give you life so they can't identify you. Your history may have marked you but it's not authorized to label you. What your mom or your dad may have called you even may have hurt you. Some people have grown up in homes where maybe there was verbal abuse and maybe your parents called you something that you were not familiar with. Maybe your parents said words to you that maybe have gotten into your heart and it's begun to define you. God is the one who gives existence and he's the one who's authorized to truly identify us. We're not defined by our past. We're not defined by our behavior. We're not defined by our mistakes. We're not defined even by our feelings or by our failures. You're not defined by the false ideologies of the current culture. You're only who God says you are. You're only who God says you are. Glory to God. I believe this is the mentality that David had imbibed into Beniah because the Bible talks about Beniah. You see, Beniah was part of this group of men who came to David when they were stranded. And if you read the story all through the chapter that I spoke about, if you read 2 Samuel from verse chapter 22 and read down to chapter 23, the Bible talks about this man who came to David and the Bible says they were distressed. The Bible says they were in debt. The Bible says they were depressed. The Bible says that they were shattered and battered and didn't know anything to do with their lives. And then they came to David. And if you look at chapter three, the chapter 23 of 2 Samuel where we just read, the Bible then starts, this man did. What happened between verse chapter 22 and chapter 23? I believe David kept saying to them time and again, your situation doesn't define you. Your circumstance that you're in right now doesn't define you. You may be in debt, but guess what? You're coming out of this debt. He tried to put a mentality inside of them that they were winners, that they were warriors, that they were great warriors, that there was amazing things that God had prepared and planned for them. And this was the mentality that they began to form and let develop on the inside. That's why they were able to chase lions. That's why the Bible then tells us about Beniah in 2 Samuel 23. And he says, Beniah saw a lion and chased the lion. Maybe if the lion had come in chapter 20, Beniah would have run for his life. You continue and read the story of Beniah and you realize that he later became David's head of army. Later got his promotion. I mean, if you submitted a CV for head of army and you put, I chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day and killed it, you're definitely getting the job. But if he hadn't done that, maybe he, could, he wouldn't have gotten the promotion. If he hadn't done that, maybe God would not have given him or elevated him. You see, he had to face a circumstance. He had to face a situation that he had to focus head on. We can't run away from the things that God has put in front of us. God wants us to face it head on because that's where our advancement lies. 
I said last week that the hard work you're running away from is where your promotion lies. That challenge you're running away from, someone raises the topic, you don't want to talk about it. When the thought comes to your mind, you just want to pack it out your back of your mind. You're running away from it, but God is saying you've got to face it because that's where your breakthrough is. You've got to face it because that's where your promotion is. You've got to face it because that's where your advancement is. Glory to God. Benaiah faced that lion. Down that chapter, the Bible says that Benaiah did great exploits. And one day he became David's head of army. Love the story and we've shared it many times of Gideon who's sitting down under a tree one day. And the angel of the Lord appears to him and the angel says, He, Lord God Almighty, is with you, mighty warrior. Angel appears to Gideon and the Bible talks about the angel, about how he had come directly from the presence of God. Meaning that this was no other angel. This was no ordinary angel. This was an angel that sat in the direct presence of God. Had come directly from the, with a word from God. And said to Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. It didn't look like it. You see, it doesn't matter what we go through in life. God will always have time for you specifically. You read the story of Gideon. God will always have time for you. Many times in the Bible we read it from Genesis all to Revelation. Is God just showing up for people to just reassure them of their identity. To reassure them of who he's really created them to be. Gideon hadn't gone to fight a war then. As a matter of fact, they were losing the war. <laughs> Can you imagine? Angel comes and says, great warrior. He, he's not even won the war. Great warrior where? Imagine your business is completely failing and then an angel comes and he says, oh, great business person. What, where, which great business? Everything is failing. But God did not see him as he was at that point. God saw him as who he created him to be. He created him to be a great warrior. God saw far ahead and saw that, look, this man is a great warrior. And so he called him what he created him to be. He called him what he had seen him as. For someone here, maybe you're like Gideon. You look around you and it doesn't seem like anything is working. It doesn't seem like the business you're doing is working. It doesn't seem like your career is even on the right path. It doesn't seem like you can even get a job. And God is coming and God is calling you and calling you back to look at the identity and calling you by name for what he's called you to be. And you're looking around you and you're like, God, this doesn't look like it. Why are you telling me all of these things? Nothing that I see around me looks like it. Maybe you're like Haggai. Haggai in the Bible was a servant of Sarah. And one day Sarah thought it was a wise decision to let Haggai sleep with her husband Abraham. 
And she had a son and Sarah now didn't like Haggai anymore. And they sent her away. Or maybe you're like Haggai who suddenly you find yourself in a situation where people have drawn you away. People have disappointed you. The people that you thought would cover you. The people that you thought would protect you. The people that you thought you could depend on. It wasn't Haggai's fault. She never thought in her mind to sleep with Abraham. Nothing that ever happened was her fault. You're saying to yourself, Lord, the situation I find myself in is really not my fault. Bible says Haggai stood under, sat under a tree and was weeping and was crying to God. Maybe the people that promised to be there for you are suddenly not there for you anymore. Maybe the people that you really trusted and had hope in, the people that you really put your heart in have suddenly deserted you and have left you alone. That's exactly how Haggai was. Maybe people have turned their back on you. Maybe it's a family member. Family that you loved so much. Maybe it's a sibling that you loved so much. Maybe it's a parent of yours that you loved so much and they betrayed you. They've turned their back on you. Maybe they lied to you. Maybe they left you when you were in desperate need. And now you're saying, God, it doesn't look like where I am right now is none of my fault. Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared to Haggai and reminded her of who God said she was. God will always have time for you and God is here today reminding you of who he says you are. Another amazing story I love is the one of Moses. Moses by his own hand was a prince, lived in the palace, lived the posh life, lived the good life. And he went one day and did something and killed somebody and ran away and suddenly he's taking care of sheep. Someone who was living a lavish life in the palace. Maybe you're like Moses and where you find yourself today is by your own fault. As a matter of fact, you look around and you try to blame someone but you really can't blame anyone because when you look at it, it's really your fault that you're where you are. It was Moses' fault that he was where he is. Nobody told him to go kill that person. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, maybe if I hadn't done it. The devil tries to make you forever live in that guilt. And you're struggling to forgive yourself. You're struggling to get rid of that mindset. You're struggling to get rid of that stronghold that's in your mind. Because you look at your past and you're like, oh, you have, if I hadn't done that, I would not be here today. And that's what you've been saying to yourself for years. The Lord is saying that there is a burning bush here today and he's here to remind you of who he's created you to be. He's here to remind you of who he's created you to be. The Lord calls Moses and he tells Moses, it is you I want to go save my people. Reminds him of who he created him to be. So as we look through the Bible, tons of stories, we find out that identity is such a crucial topic. Because without even understanding or knowing your identity, it becomes so hard to fulfill that which God has ordained you to fulfill. Without knowing your identity, you really, it keeps you from chasing the lions that God wants you to chase. Because you look at a lion and you say, nah, this isn't me. I'm not down for this. I didn't sign up for this. 
You tell yourself, I didn't sign up for this. Identity is the one thing we read about continually from the first page to the last page of the Bible. It's the one thing we read from the first page to the last page of the Bible. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, which is in fact my favorite scripture in the Bible is 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. I read from New King James Version. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. This is what it says. It says, but we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the spirit of the Lord. He said, we are being transformed into the same image. He said, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Let's read from verse 12, the same chapter, 2 Corinthians 3. Let's read from verse 12 to get some context to that. Verse 12 says, he said, therefore, we have such hope. We use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put on a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Verse 14 says, but their minds were blinded. They're talking about the children of Israel in the Old Testament. They couldn't look at Moses, right? Because when he had come down from seeing God, his face was shining and they couldn't look at him. Verse 14 says, their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. People who dwell in the law, they're still blinded. That's what it's saying here. He said, even to this day, when Mo verse 15, even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. 16, that then says, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, when you give your life to Christ, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he said, that veil is taken away. You're no more living in the law. 17, that says, now the Spirit, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 18. But we all, with unveiled faces, because you remember, you're giving your life to Christ, so the veil is taken away. So he now says, with unveiled faces, we are beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And we are being transformed into the same image. You're beholding in a mirror, and you're being transformed into the same image. You see that term, mirror, mirror on the wall. A term that is gotten from uh, the animation uh, Snow White. And this queen would wake up every morning and she would go in front of the mirror and she would say, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And the mirror will reply her. The mirror might say, you are the fairest of them all. The next morning she will wake up and she will go to this mirror and she would say, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? She was reminding herself daily. She was reminding herself daily. The Bible says in what we just read right now, it says that we beholding us in a mirror. What is our own mirror? He said, we behold us in the mirror, the glory of God. What is our own mirror? Our mirror is the word of God. So what do we do every single day when we wake up? We go to that mirror. We find out what that mirror says about us. Mirror, mirror on the wall. What do you have to say about me today? 
Mirror, mirror on the wall. What do you have to say about me today? That's how we approach the mirror. The Bible, Jesus was speaking and he said, it's quite foolish for someone who goes into a mirror and sees what they look like. And they go about that day and they forget. You see, when I wake up in the morning and I go into that mirror, which is the word, and I say, mirror, tell me. I study the word and I find out what the mirror has to say about me. What the mirror has to say about my life. What the mirror has to say about my finances. What the mirror has to say about my business. What the mirror has to say about my relationships. What the mirror has to say about my family. I find out that the mirror says that I'm blessed. That the mirror says that I have a sound mind. When I go about my day, you can't convince me enough that I don't have a sound mind. Because when I went to the mirror in the morning and I studied the word, I found out that that's what he said about me. That's how we ought to live our lives. That's how we ought to live our lives. But what I realize is most times, some of us haven't looked at the mirror in a week. How are you? Can you even remember? You're living up the memory of what you saw last week in the mirror. And you're living on that memory today. No. Every day you must refresh yourself because there's something new to, to see in the mirror every day. There's something new to see in that mirror every day. Something new and particular for that day. We need to stop dwelling on old anointing because the anointing of the old may not be able to handle the anointing of today. The challenges of today. One of the things that I absolutely love every morning when we weren't in a lockdown, it's the smell of fresh bakery. Fresh bakery, I loved it. I love fresh bread. Every morning, the one that he just made fresh. The smell of it. How sumptuous it is. How soft it is. So when you go buy bread sometimes, I ask, I say, is this, did they, is this baked today? Is this today's bread? <laughs> Glory to God. Because why? We want, I want a fresh one. I want the one that was done today. Sometimes we're dwelling on old news. Sometimes we're dwelling on old anointing. Sometimes we're reading the word from last week and expecting it to help sort our situation today. But God is like, you need to go get yourself some fresh bread. You need to go to the word and get yourself some fresh anointing. You need to go into the word and find out what the mirror is saying about you today. Stop eating last week's bread. I meant that physically and spiritually. Find what's for you today. There's something in you every single day. You go into the mirror and you say, mirror, mirror, what do you have for me today? Mirror tells you, you are a royal priesthood. You take that on the inside. The mirror says to you, you are strong and you are holy. You take that on the inside. The mirror says to you, you are competent. So therefore, when you go about your day and you find a lion that tells you that you're, that you're not competent, that tells you that you're not saved, that tells you that you will forever be a slave to sin, you rebuke it immediately. You chase the lion. You say, no, you can't tell me that. Because when I looked at the mirror today, I got what the one who gave me life told me. The one who gave me life, I got my identity from him. And what he said to me today is I am strong. And so therefore I can face you. What he said to me today is that I'm not a slave to sin. What he said to me today is not I'm not a slave to fear. 
And that's how we gain the courage to face each day. That's how we gain the courage to face our lions every day. Maybe that's what Benaiah, David had taught ben, um, the, the man who came to him to do. Who knows, Benaiah would have woken up that morning never knowing that he was going to face a lion. Maybe David had told them, he said, look, the God, Lord God Almighty says you are strong. And Benaiah would have said to himself, look, I am strong. I am capable. I can do all things through the Lord God Almighty who strengthens me. And he went about the day and the lion roared. And he said, oh no, you don't. Because the greater one lives in me than lives in the world. I have a greater one who lives on the inside of me. I refuse to be intimidated by you. I refuse to be intimidated by fear. I refuse to be intimidated by whatever circumstance comes my way. Because the greater one lives on the inside of me. And you face the lion head on. That's the life God wants us to live. Rather than seeing a lion and going to heaven to go and cry, how long would you continually do that? God wants us to start taking responsibility. That's how we soar. Any small thing that happens, you run to God. Any small thing that happens, you run to God. And God is like, when will you start taking responsibility? I didn't give you authority for nothing. I didn't give you authority to come and be running to me every single time. He gave you authority so you can act on it. Gave you authority so you can act on it. This is the mentality that we ought to have. This is the way we chase a thousand lions. Gideon never knew. When the angel had appeared to him and told him, great warrior, he never knew that he would kill and win a battle with thousands of people with only 300 men. Do you even know what he didn't know as well? He didn't know that someday one person will be writing, there will be a certain hall of fame for those who, who had faith in a, in a book called Hebrews in chapter 11. He never knew that one day someone will be writing stories of great men of faith and they would include his name in it. This is what he says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 32. Hebrews 11, 32 to 34. This is what he says. He says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. 33 says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice and they received God's promise. He says, they shut the mouths of lions. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire. They escaped the death of, by the edge of the sword. They shut the mouths of lions. That's what the Bible was saying about Gideon. He never knew they were going to say that. Shut the mouths of lions. Because God reminded him of his identity. See, you can't hear a sermon like this every single day to really remind you of who God says you are. I'm not going to be there every single morning of yours to come to you and remind you of who God says you are. You've got to look in that mirror. Second Corinthians told us, he said, beholding us in a mirror. He said, beholding us in a mirror. So you wake up in the morning and you look at that mirror. That mirror is the word of God. He said, you are being transformed to what you see. That's what it said. 2 Corinthians 
He said, you are being transformed to what you see. You see the glory. You're like, this doesn't look like me. But you know what? I'm going to take it. You ask Mira, what do you say about me today? Mira says, you are strong. You may not feel strong. doesn't matter if you feel strong or not. You take that and you say, I am strong. You say, I'm strong. Miro says you have no fear in you. The spirit of fear does not dwell in you. Even if, glory to God. Someone who's watching right now, you have a fear of darkness. If you were in a room that turned off the lights, you would be in total fear. God says to tell you right now that he has made you. That there's no ounce of fear. The spirit of fear is not what he's placed on the inside of you. He has placed the spirit of boldness on the inside of you. That fear of darkness has no place on the inside of you. So whenever you find yourself in that circumstance, you must say it. That's what we need to understand. We must, you must say it. When you feel the fear, you have to say, I have no fear in me. This fear is not of God. The spirit of fear has no place on the inside of me. That's how you act, even though you felt the fear on the inside. You must shut it down. And so the devil is like, hold on a second. It's like she knows. It's like he knows. That spirit of fear is gone in the name of Jesus. This is how we continually chase lions. This is how we scare the devil away. This is how we achieve far greater things than we can imagine. This is how we soar beyond our own imagination. Glory to God. And I'm just going to show a brief illustration shortly. But we need to understand that most times we really, really can't put ourselves in a place where so many other people are feeding us but we don't go to where God has decided, told us. It's all in the word. Everything God has planned for you is all in the word. Everything God has, has planned for you, everything God has arranged for you is all in the word. Glory to God. It's all in there. You've got to go in there every single day. You've got to go in there and find what he's scheduled for you every single day. You've got to go in there and find what he's planned for you every single day. This is God's great plan for you. This is God's great agenda for you. This is God's great agenda for you. Well, you know what we do? We go through our whole lives and we really spend time Listening to the opinions of others. That's how oftentimes we're born. Your young child, maybe you had a thing for painting, but people then tell you, you know what? You're never really gonna make anything as a painter. Maybe you're in school and you hear many people, your friends are telling you, Maths is really a hard subject. And we start believing the things that people are telling us. 
we start keeping in mind and building our mentality with the things that people are telling us. Let's get everything, please. We are building our mindset with the opinions of other people. And other people say to us, you know what? You will never be good at that thing because it takes too much effort. And we keep it in our mindset. People say to us, you know what? You've been running as a, in school. But do you know that will never help you? But meanwhile, God has laid that thing in your heart and he wants you to go into athletics maybe. But you take what other people are saying and you, you know what? I better focus on other things that are more important. We go into school. And many of our friends are saying, you know what? You need to be in a relationship. Who are you going to go vacation with? You keep that in your mind. You don't even bother asking God what school you should go to, what university you should do, what you should study. You're just looking at what other people are doing. People tell you that, look, studying law is very good because you get a good job and suddenly you start looking to go into law because that's where you get a good job. People tell you computer science is what's moving now because the world is technology-based and that's suddenly what you want to study, not because that's what God has ordained for you. You know God has called you to something else. Maybe God has called you to start a ministry, but you know what? You're not quite bothered about that because you want to earn money. You don't want your friends to be earning money and you not to be earning money. So you take what other people are saying about you and suddenly you finish uni and everyone then tells you you need to be married now you're 24 how are you not married and you start thinking oh my gosh I need to be married everyone tells you look we go on vacation with our boyfriends with our girlfriends why don't you jump on board and suddenly you're not looking at the expectation and the standard that God has had you're taking other people's opinion and their standard and you're making it dwell in your mind and you're taking their opinions and you're making it dwell in your mind and you're taking their suggestions and you're making it dwell in your mind and suddenly people tell you by, by 30 you should be married because you will be a failure if you're not married at 30 and you let that dwell in your mind and people tell you oh by this certain age you should have a house if you don't have a house you're definitely poor and you let that dwell in your mind and people tell you by this age you should have children and you should have a car and you let that dwell in your mind and people are forming the opinions of you and people are giving you suggestions and you're making all of that opinion dwell in your mind every single day all your whole life since you are a child and before you know it you've reached a certain age that your entire mindset is built up the opinions of other people and you've never gone into the world to find out what God really said about you never really gone back to find out what God really says about you. God is saying, if you had asked me, I would have told you what to go study at uni. There's a mirror there that told you every single thing. There's a mirror there that would have given you direction. There was a mirror there that would have shown you the relationships to go into. There's a mirror there that would have shown you the steps that you should take. There's a mirror there that would have shown you every single thing. Why were you going to people to ask their opinions when I said it all? I said it all in the word. I'm rounding up now. But there's someone who God is speaking to already. There's someone who God is speaking to already. You don't derive your identity from 
someone who even says, any human who says they really love you because they didn't create you. God created you. So being in a relationship where even though you believe that they really love you, you don't get your identity from them. It's a mentality you need to have. So someone cannot come and tell you one day that you're not beautiful and it starts to affect you. Someone cannot come and tell you one day that your lips look funny and it starts to affect you. See, someone said to me one day, said, Uche, you know, whenever you preach, you're always shouting at us. Why are you always shouting? Why can't you just talk calmly? And I took it on. I said, you know what, God? Next summer, next Sunday, I'm going to be very calm. I'm going to talk very slowly. I'm going to explain the word very slowly. Quote my scriptures very slowly. That was all that was in my mind. Came to church the next Sunday. I started preaching very calmly. Today, going to be talking about set the topic and 10 minutes in I'm screaming my heart out 10 minutes in I'm telling people to be saved 10 minutes in I'm telling people that Jesus needs to deliver them it didn't even last 10 minutes and I finished that sermon that day and I went in my seat and I'm like oh my gosh Uche, you really can't hold it can you you know what I realized look I'm not 80 yet I'm going to use every energy I have to preach the gospel you know what? Because a time may come when I may not be able to shout like this anymore. A time may come when I may not be able to jump like this anymore. A time may come when I may not be able to have as much strength as I have anymore. So as I have it right now, I'm going to use it for the kingdom. So if you don't like the way I talk, then I'm sorry, reduce your volume. But God is speaking to you. Everything that he has made you, your entirety, the way you talk, the way you act, the way you walk. He said he made you like himself. Don't let somebody else put their opinions that they have of you. They don't even know you. They didn't even create you. They weren't even there when you were born. And they fill your mind with opinions. And you let that dwell in your heart. And you start changing your life based on the opinion that somebody else gave you. Don't do that. Glory to God. We're going to pray shortly. And there's someone here who you've doubted yourself. The spirit of doubt that has found home in your heart. You're not sure how it got there, but you struggle to believe the word. You're listening to me right now. There's a spirit of doubt that dwells in the inside. Whenever you see something in the world, you just find it hard to believe. You find it hard to believe. You see the things that God says about you, but you find it hard to believe. Why would a God love me this much? Why would a God tell me all of these things? These are just words written in a book. That's what you tell yourself every time you read the Bible. That's what you tell yourself whenever someone like this comes and speaks. You never believe it. That's the spirit of doubt. 
Because that spirit knows that once you find out and once you begin to believe. You see, when the Bible said that without faith it's impossible to please God, the other verse of that scripture then says, but whoever comes to him must believe that he is. So believing is a big part. When you come to him, you must believe that he is. That spirit knows that if you can get a hold of who you are, the same way Moses got a hold of who he was, the same way Gideon got a hold of who God created him to be, the same way David got a hold of it, the same way Haggai got a hold of it, the same way Abraham got a hold of it, they changed their entire world. He knows that if you get a hold of who you are, you will chase more lions than he could ever imagine. So I pray for you now specifically. Bible says in Philippians it's God who gives the willingness and the desire to do his will I pray that in the name of Jesus you would have the willingness and desire to do the will of God I decree that in the name of Jesus the spirit of doubt leaves you you would read the word you would believe it you would have a desire to study more you would have a longing for God like never before in the name of Jesus Christ. Some other person who you don't even believe in God. When we read that scripture in 2 Corinthians, he said, remember when it said that people who studied the Old Testament and lived in the law, their faces were veiled up. Their faces were covered. Their hearts were blinded. Jesus brings light. Jesus is the one that takes off that veil. He shows you the way that you ought to go. You don't have to struggle day in, day out. He helps you with your decisions. That's how you chase lions. That's how you run to the roar. It's knowing that you have a greater one on the inside. Benaiah knew that there was greater on the inside of him than in that lion. He knew the lion of the tribe of Judah lived on the inside. The lion of the tribe of Judah lives on your inside. There's no other lion that you can face that you can't conquer. You want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior or maybe you've fallen by the wayside and you want to rededicate your life to him. I just want you to say this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today as a sinner in need of a Savior. I ask that you forgive me my sins. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. For I believe in my heart that you died for me. And on the third day you rose again. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Thank you Heavenly Father. I am now a new creation. All things are passed away. I am brand new. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. Take full control of my being. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you for listening to the Royal Tribe Church podcast. If you'd like to share how you've been blessed, you can get in touch with us by sending an email to contact at royaltribechurch.org or if you'd like to know more about us, you can visit our website at royaltribechurch.org. Remember to follow us on social media. That's Royal Tribe Church on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks again for joining us.